what is our role in society when it comes to listening to opinions that we entirely disagree with and that we view might be harmful? That's, that's a great question. It's the right question to ask because we all went quiet and we're like, uh-oh. Welcome to Respect, Relate, Connect, the official podcast for Living Room Conversations, a nonprofit organization focused on building understanding and bringing people together through guided conversations since 2010. Welcome to the Respect, Relate, Connect podcast, the official podcast for Living Room Conversations. I'm your host, Stuart Fletcher, and I am so excited to get into the conversation today that I'm not even going to make the intro any longer. With me today are three wonderful guests. First, I have Kiara McCarty, Director of Free Listening for Urban Confessional, a movement dedicated to changing the world through the power of compassionate, non-judgmental listening. They believe all people need to be heard and that there's a value in simply listening to someone else. Our next guest is Robert Dawson, host of the Cardinal Corner podcast. It's a little bit of a tongue twister, not as bad as Respect, Relate, Connect, I don't think. But the Cardinal Corner podcast, an online book club for becoming better page by page. And our final guest today is Kavika Faliumu, junior software developer, and he asked me to put this in there, professional anime enthusiast. So... I don't know. I didn't see his credentials, but I trust him. So thank you all for being here today. We will be going through the Listening Courageously Guide, which can be found at livingroomconversations.org. So any listeners at home, if you want to follow along, you can find all of our guides at livingroomconversations.org. And we're going to be going through it point by point and modeling what this conversation could look like for you in your family, with your loved ones, with your friends, however you want to use the conversation. Because all of our guides are designed to bring people together all across the political, social, cultural spectrum, from loved ones to strangers, in order to connect through conversation in a really honest and civil way. So to start off, we will have an introductory round where I'm going to ask each of you to say your name again so the listeners can know your voice, connect to your name, where you live or where you're from, and a little bit about what you do, your, either your organization or your occupation, and what you hope to get out of this conversation. So that's a lot of things. I'll say it again. Name, where you're from, what you want to get out of this conversation, and a little bit about what you do. Hi, everyone. I am Kiara McCarty. Like Stuart said, I am the director of free listening for Urban Confessional. Um, I live in Austin, Texas. For Urban Confessional, what I do is I am in charge of all the social media, and then I help all of our volunteers get started with free listening. So anyone who reaches out to us wanting to know more about the movement or wanting to become a volunteer, I give them all of the information that they need to get started and then help them get started with free listening. I hope to get out of this conversation. I hope to learn more about these awesome people in front of me that I'm listening to. And I just hope to um, gain 
more about how to become a better listener. Just keep um, elevating the way I listen. My name is Kavika Faliamu. I am from San Diego, California, and um, I'm a junior software developer. I work for a company called FlexSim. We do 3D simulation software. <laughs> and an, uh, I'm an anime expert, as, as Stuart pointed out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask him to put that in, but... <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I think what I want to get out of this conversation is to better understand how other people listen um because i i probably listen differently than you guys listen so i i want to hear how you guys do it i love it um i'm robert dawson i'm from south carolina i'm currently living in salt lake city for a couple of years with my wife um and like Stuart mentioned I, I run a, a book club, an online book club, all about self-improvement. But really, it's just about seeking joy, seeking growth, seeking the, the best things in life, um, and recognizing that I don't know those things. And so we're going to read from the greatest minds on earth um, and talk about them and learn together. And so I think that this conversation and that the, that book club, really, the the synergy is perfect. It's it's all about listening, understanding, learning from other people. Um, and then professionally, I also uh, run a, a branding agency. So I do a lot of brand management, um, brand development and things like that. But that's the boring stuff. Uh, what I really care about is, is empathy and compassion <laughs> and developing compassion um, I just have found that it makes me smile and it makes me happy when I understand someone better, especially if I didn't understand them before and learn to love them and learn to root for them. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'm hoping to develop and further, uh, further grow in this, this conversation here. Perfect. Thank you so much. Again, my name is Stuart Fletcher. I am the social media manager and I like to say communications manager because it's a fancier sounding title. <laughs> I'm the communications manager for Living Room Conversations. And I am, I grew up outside of Washington, D.C. I go to Brigham Young University right now. And I hope to get out of this conversation a, a new understanding of what listening can look like, especially online. Because I find that's one of the hardest places to practice listening is in a video call. I mean, I'm looking at your guys' eyes right now, but you can't even really tell. Or I do dual monitors lots of time and I'll be looking up here and it looks like I'm very distracted or whatever, but I'm trying to listen. And so I feel like there's a whole different branch of learning how to listen online, especially over Zoom. But thank you all. So that was our introduction section. And I'm going to invite you guys all, if you haven't had the chance already, to bring out the Listening Courageously Guide, if you have it on a separate tab or however you have it, just so that we can access it as we're going along. Because the next step we're going to do is we're going to read our conversation agreements. Our conversation agreements are basically rules that we all agree to follow in order to have the most productive conversation we can have today. And so I'm going to read the first one. And if we can go back into that original order with Kiara and then Kavika and then Robert and just read a bullet point each. So I'll go ahead and get started. Be curious and listen to understand. Show respect and suspend judgment. 
note any common ground as well as any differences. Be authentic and welcome that from others. Be purposeful and to the point. And own and guide the conversation. Perfect. And I hope each of you can look back at that list throughout our conversation to ensure that I'm following it, that you're following, that we're each following it. And if you feel like we're not, we can we can pause and we can be like, hey, I don't know if you are being purposeful and to the point or whatever it is that we need to point out. And that invitation goes to the listeners as well. While we're talking, I invite you to think about which one of these points you might want to work on the most. And if we are not following it, I invite you to comment below on the video or however you want to reach out to us and be like, hey, you guys agreed to do this. Uh, do it. I think it's important. So we're going to move into the question rounds of the living room conversation. Round one is another introductory round. We're getting to know each other a little bit more. Each step of the living room conversation takes you a little bit closer and closer, getting to know each other better. This round, there are three questions, and each of us will get one to two minutes to answer one of these three. So you can pick whichever one you want, and I'm going to read it out, and then I'll go first, and then we'll go Kiara, Kavika, and then Robert. The point of these questions is it's hard for people to feel willing to open up about something that is personal to them until they feel like they know each other. And so these are kind of um, icebreakers is a weird way to put it, but definitely we're greasing the wheels of conversation here so that we can all feel more comfortable in sharing how we feel and in connecting to each other. So I'm going to read out the questions. What are your hopes and concerns for your family, community, and or the country? What would your best friend say about who you are? What sense of purpose, mission, duty guides you in your life? And again, you can pick one of those three, and each of us will have one to two minutes. So for me, I am going to answer the first question. What are your hopes and concerns for your family, community, and or the country? Who I have a lot of concerns about all those things. It's it's hard to narrow it down into one to two minutes about what I would hope for my country and my community. But one thing, especially in terms of this conversation, is I would hope that we would be more willing to listen to people that we have almost nothing in common with. I have recently become really obsessed with random geography videos. I don't know why YouTube thought I would like that, but they really want me to look at them. And it's so interesting to me because our country is massive. The United States is massive. We're the third largest by population and the fourth by landmass. We cover continent to continent, ocean to ocean. We have so many people. And we are consistently rated one of the most diverse, if not the most diverse countries in the world. We, have, we get more immigrants than any other country. We have more connections economically to any other country. And we just have all this culture, all this society mixing together and blending and sometimes clashing. And I would hope that my country, this country, the United States, would take the opportunity to listen and to learn from all that diversity and difference rather than let it divide us. Um, I'm next. So I will answer the second question. I was going to answer the first one, but I feel like it's very similar to your response, Stuart. So I'm going to tackle a different one. 
what would your best friend say about who you are? My best friend would say that I am a patient, compassionate, empathetic person, um, that I value my family and friends. I value quality time with my family and friends. That is very important to me. I will always put my family and my close friends first, specifically my, my family. I will always put them first. I think my best friend would also say that uh, I am very curious about people and I am very moved when people feel like they are alone. So something that I really strive to do in life is to let people know that they aren't alone, no matter what they're going through, even if it's as simple as just spending a day with them, spending a few hours with them and just being with that person. Um, that's something really important to me. And it's really important to me that people know that they are loved and valued and worthy no matter what. So I think one sense of purpose that I have in life is to make sure that people actually feel heard. Um, it's kind of ironic that I was invited to this because um, I've, I've always been a kind of person that people gravitate towards and people just tell me stuff without me asking for it. I'll just be sitting there and they'll say, you want to hear about my life? And I, and I just listen. And so I think something that, that, that I'm here to do is to just listen to people and become a place that people can feel heard. Um, so I think that's something that guides me is to look, look out for people who want to be heard because they're not always asking. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that's, that's what I'm here to do. Man, uh, I love you guys. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Um, what powerful thoughts. I resonate with Stuart's uh, resilience. There's a lot of fears with and concerns, you know, but uh, having that hope that, you know what, we could develop some, some listening skills here. And I, that's possible. And let's, let's make an effort to do that. Um, love Kiara, what you said about um, uh, just loneliness, empathizing and, and feeling it. And I think we're cursed with the same feeling. Someone says they're lonely and it just gets me right in the, right in the chest. And uh, anyways, I, I love all that. I, I appreciate that. And it inspired what I was thinking about. I was wondering what, what's my purpose and my mission. I actually think about that a lot, probably a little too much. Um, when I was taking marketing classes in college, they uh, did, talked a lot about vision. What's your vision? What What's the purpose of the campaign, right? It's pretty lame, but it's like, why would you have an ad without a vision, right? And then within that vision, let's make some goals. Well, you know, how do we achieve that vision? And then let's make some plans to achieve that. So they would ask us, you know, let's apply it to your personal life. What's your vision for your life? What's your purpose, right? And uh, so I, I had to reflect on this and I think they did it every class. So I've probably done it four or five times, but um, it always came really clear to me that my purpose right now was to maximize my capacity to serve. So right now in this stage of my life, I'm a young guy, you know, just been married two years. Um, I need to build financial systems. I need to build emotional resilience. I need to heal. I need to uh, learn compassion, learn listening skills, 
um, so that I am the best possible servant to my fellow brothers and sisters, to my my friends, my family, to the stranger at the register, um, and also to God. You know, I I want to be able to be a servant to anyone who needs me, um, and that's a that's a a growing purpose that obviously is very dynamic, but what that means for me right now, I need to build the infrastructure. I need to be uh, actively trying and I'm not going to be perfect and no one's going to be perfect, but I'm going to do my best. You know, I'm going to give it a shot and try to build these systems and try to build this um, capacity so that I can just be a servant and help others. And, and I think in turn, that's going to help me and it's going to be a win-win. So vision, connection and empathy. I feel like we've all kind of touched on all of those already. I, I'm excited to see where this takes us. Thank you all for sharing those. I think I brought together a good group of people to talk about listening courageously. So I'm mm -hmm. excited about <laughs> it. We're going to head into round two. Can I get a volunteer to read the paragraph at the very top of the webpage underneath the picture of the two women talking? It starts with courage is the most. Sure. Courage is the most important of all virtues because without courage, you cannot practice any of the other virtues consistently. Dr. Maya Angelou said, when you think of being courageous, you might think of facing a common fear like the fear of heights or public speaking. Facing fears like these involves discomfort and uncertainty. We might wonder if the potential benefits will outweigh the potential risks. But why might it take courage to listen? And how might listening to different points of view make us feel vulnerable or at risk? And what are the possible benefits? Why might it take courage to listen? That's really what we're going to be examining today. In this next round, so I'm going to read out all of the questions. And each of us are going to get two minutes to choose one of the following questions to answer. And then once we each get our own little two minutes, we're going to kind of break up the format a little bit and we're going to be able to talk a little bit more free form, a little bit less structured and see where the conversation takes us. So I'm going to read these questions and then we're going to reverse that order. We're going to go Robert and then Kavika then Kiara and then me. Okay. So here are the questions. What does courageous listening mean for you? Describe any time you have listened or been listened to in this way. What happened? What fears, if any, do you have about how you will feel or what you will say or do when listening to people whose beliefs or experiences differ from your own? How do you feel when there are silence and gaps in conversations? What are the potential benefits of giving a conversation breathing room? What are the potential benefits you might receive from listening to others with differing beliefs or experiences? What, if any, are you willing to do to overcome fears about listening to those with different beliefs or experiences? So, Robert, whenever you are ready. These are good ones. Um... Uh, I like the first one, defining courageous listening, um, at least for me. I, 
I think something I've observed during this conversation is uh, the temptation for me to think about what I'm going to say next. And it's, I mean, like, and we kind of know when we're going. So it's like, well, okay, I've got Kavika before me. So I've got a little time to prepare. And I realized like literally 10 minutes ago while we were talking, like, oh my gosh, how funny is that? How ironic is that? That I'm so fearful of saying the right thing and so afraid of, uh, you know, making sense that I'm not listening. Um, sometimes that is an act of courage to say, you know what, I'm not going to think about what I'm going to say. I'm not going to prep. I'm not going to try to come up with something smart and funny to say. I'm just going to listen to my friend Kavika and Kiara and hear what they've got to say. And and it was so amazing because as I made that transition literally 10 minutes ago, I mean, I was blown away by what you guys said, what you, what you communicated was so beautiful and it impacted me. And I, it was this hilarious eye-opening moment of, oh my gosh, I've, uh, I've learned something here. Um, that maybe courageous listening for me is overcoming an anxiety of what am I going to say? Am I going to sound okay? Am I going to read the question right? Whatever. Um, and, and give that up, sacrifice that to listen. Um, and already, I mean, it's made a big difference and I feel uplifted by what's been shared. And I don't think I would have gotten that if I hadn't listened and again, put those fears and anxieties aside. So yeah, I think courageous listening for me as of these past 10 minutes has been that. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. Thanks for calling me out too. I because I also <laughs> felt that same way. <laughs> me too, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think uh, I I want to go off of the question on what are the potential benefits of listening to other people. Um, I think that when you put yourself out there and you pay attention to what people say, you, there are a couple different things that could happen to you. Uh, one you could find out that you are wrong in what you believe. You could, you could maybe be convinced of someone else's argument that, that seems a lot better than one you have in your mind for a belief you have. Or maybe the opposite. You, you could solidify your belief because you hear their argument and you say, well, actually, I don't think that's really right. Or it's not a strong argument in my opinion. Um, I've had that happen to me a lot where, where people have tried to tell me something that I believe is wrong. Um, and usually those conversations never go well. You know, uh, usually people are have their opinions and they, they stick to them. But often it's the people that are listening in on a, on a conversation like that, that do change their belief. People that don't have no skin in the game that are just kind of listening that then start thinking. Because usually it's the two opponents that are, um, or I don't want to say opponents, two people that are having a discussion, they usually have their opinions and they're pretty solid about them, but it's everyone in the middle that I've noticed that tends to sway or find out actually what they believe in by listening to the people talking about it. Because sometimes we don't think about it. And so I think that that is a benefit that we can gain from listening to others is that we can have these paradigm shifts and start to become start to become better versions of ourselves as we find out more about ourselves. Yeah, that's great. 
all of these questions are so great. And all of the points that both Robert and Kavika have made are just wonderful. Um, I'm going to, I want to talk about uh, how you feel, how people feel when there, there are gaps of silences um, in conversations, because that's so important on handling those. And we actually talk about that in urban confessionals, all in urban confessional a lot. Um, I feel like most of the time when, when you're talking and the conversation is going and going, and then all of a sudden it stops and you're just both sitting there, you have this urge to just say whatever, just to fill the silence because it becomes so uncomfortable. So you'll just say whatever comes to mind, like, oh, wow, the weather is great. Um, but I find that I find that first off, we do this when we are having very difficult conversations. But if we can just sit in the silence, I know for a fact, because I have experienced it, free listening, I know that people will overcome the silence and whatever, whoever you're listening to, that person will open up and actually say whatever has been on their mind and on their heart that they haven't had the courage to say. So I just really encourage people when they're listening to just sit in the silences for a moment and allow the other person to fill the silence with what they want to say. And if the silence doesn't get filled, then maybe think about asking questions about whatever you were speaking so that you can get to know one another even more and, and listen even more deeply. Thank you so much. I watched this uh, video the other day. You guys ever heard of Game Changer? It's like a college humor game show on YouTube for some reason. It just like started popping up on my YouTube. And they do like little skits and things. And one of the prompts for the skit was three active listeners trying to out active listen each other. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was it was really funny because they never actually said anything like concrete the whole time they were just like thank you and thank you and like it was it was this great skit illustrating how I feel lots of the time in a conversation of like there are people who are who are givers in conversations and sometimes there are people who are takers and it, it's really refreshing to be in a conversation with all three of you and we all seem to have that kind of giver mentality of I want to listen to you I want to wait for what you have to say and I really do think that is the the pinnacle of courageous listening is being able to sacrifice your precious platform to let somebody else take it away and that's hard so some context about me I come from a really big family like ridiculously big I'm number 5 of 10 kids so oh I'm like goodness. smack in the middle. <laughs> I saw the lights turn on behind Kara's eyes of fear. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's amazing though. That's so cool. Yeah, it's it's like one in a million kind of family, especially here in the States. There's so many of us and we're all biologically related. We're same mom, same dad. And we're all like shoved together within 18 years, 10 kids within 18 years. And to make it even worse, or better, there's eight boys straight. The first eight kids are all boys. <laughs> so every conversation growing up was a competition. Mm. 
we're all trying to say as much as we could, as loud as we could, as fast as we could. And my brothers are so funny. Like I have some of the funniest people in my life are just happen to be my brothers. And we're always like trying to out joke each other. And there was a time in my life where I don't know if I ever talked because I was just like <laughs> trying to race after him and I couldn't keep up. And it's cool to see us transition into adulthood and to see that culture really shift where we are all much more willing to be listeners, to give other people the platform and the opportunity. My poor youngest siblings, like the three babies is what we call them, even though they're like all 20, 20 something years old now like they never got the chance to really vocalize their opinions. And now I feel like we've, we've shifted away where we can be more courageous in that opportunity to be like, I have something that I want to say. I have something funny or something good or something insightful. I want to talk about my day or this date I went on or this opinion about a movie or about politics, whatever it is, but I'm going to put that in a little box. I'm going to keep that right here. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to say what you want to do. And I really admire that about people who can do it really well. It's impressive. So we can now open up this conversation and talk about whatever points we want to go to from here. But one thing I wanted to ask real quick to Kiara about the free listening is, are there specific skills that you admire in the people who do the free listening? that you've seen them gain throughout the process? Like what's, what skills would you give to us from your experience watching all those free listening people? That's a great question. I mean, I think you hit, you all hit on some of them. One of them is being able to, like you were just talking about Stuart, um, fully give your time and presence to another person, which I think is very courageous. It is a part of listening courageously. Um, you, like you said, you, you take what you want to say and what you have to say, and you put it aside for a second and you give your time and presence to the other person and listen to what they have to say. I think that's a very admirable skill that I, that our volunteers can learn as they free listen. Another one is what Kavika was talking about, listening to people that have different opinions than you do and being able to listen to understand and listen, not listen to respond like Robert was talking about. Um, and how do you handle when you're listening to someone that you don't agree with, you know, instead of putting them down or cutting them off, trying to understand where they're coming from. And just listening. And I think that's another skill that you can really hone in when you go free listening. Well, that's a question I kind of want to open up to Kavika and Robert. How do you handle it when someone's talking to you and they're saying something that's either like deeply offensive or far on the other side of what you believe on whatever spectrum? How do you handle that? Poorly. <laughs> yeah. maybe my history is as poorly um i want to hear kavika's thoughts on this but but a brief thought is is empathy i've been amazed by what empathy can do for me 
uh, it diffuses, it diffuses situations, even if not for them, when I develop empathy, I'm diffused and I, I feel better and I'm able to listen better. I, um, and I even learn how to develop empathy for myself by practicing empathy for others. And developing empathy for yourself is so important for forgiving yourself and understanding when you're wrong. And and I see myself and people who oppose me sometimes angrily, right? I see myself in them and I see where hatred or bitterness can come from. And uh, I can I can relate to that. And and for that reason, I can love them and I can understand, hey, you know what? I've been there, I've been angry, I've been hurt, even though I can't understand um their situation perfectly i can empathize with the fact that you know other circumstances bring bitterness or whatever it may be um and that that's helped me a lot i think empathy is a superpower um it can be it can be lonely and it can hurt but um i think it's productive and i think it's helpful and it's it's really important especially in situations like this so yeah thank you for that robert um yeah, often I, I had the same reaction. I was like, yeah, I, I don't listen very well sometimes, <laughs> especially when with, with opposing views. Um, so, sometimes the first thought that comes to mind uh, is, oh, they're just wrong. Of course, I I know everything, obviously. <laughs> My opinion is never wrong. But uh, then I, I always take a step back and I go, okay, Kavika, you're not really that great. And, and, then, and then I tr- always try to ask them, why do you think that? I, I always follow up with, okay, I've heard your opinion. I have my opinions about your opinion, but I want to know why. And usually it's the why that helps me understand why they're they're saying things they are. And often they're justified. And, and I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense why you think that way. And I agree with you. And then I, I find myself like, oh, we're on the same side here. Like why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I know why you think that way. Um, but, but it always takes a second and I'm still trying to get better at it to, to ask the why first and reserve my judgment for, for another time. Um, I think it's always important to understand why people do things because it opens up a, a gateway to their, their soul in a way you see who they are and what they've been through just a glimpse of their life through why they think the way that they do that's so good we we have this saying at urban confessional we say hear the person not the opinion and that's exactly what you're talking about you know when you're listening to someone who has a different opinion than you it's so easy to get worked up and you start getting defensive and you start getting angry or sad or whatever it is and you your emotions are like inside of you and they're bottling up and you feel like they're going to explode. So I have to admit that I sometimes listen poorly as well, especially when I'm listening to someone who's close to me that has different opinions than me, then it's like, it's, it's hard. And I have to remind myself to take a breath, to focus on the person and then do exactly what Kavika is saying, ask them how they came to believe these things. And you're really asking the person about their story, like what makes them who they are and what makes them believe who they are. And then you get to know the person and you realize that even if your opinions are different, you guys can still coexist. And it's awesome. 
I I love that. Uh, that reminds me so much of one of the greatest books I've ever read on listening. And it was in our book club. And it was called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Have you guys heard of it? I have not. I'm going to have to read this. Oh, my gosh. So good. It's actually not about listening at all. It's about negotiation. (laughs) Chris Voss was a former FBI negotiator for hostage situations. So talk about dealing with somebody who's in opposition to you, right? I mean, he's put in these really high pressure situations, a lot of voices in the room, a lot of perspectives. And it was so amazing to read this book and find out that the best form of negotiation was listening. Mm. That is the whole book. He literally calls it tactical empathy. He says it's <laughs> empathy with a purpose, right? Mm. And, uh, you know, he shares the story of there were these uh, gang members and they had just performed this big armed robbery and really dangerous individuals. And they had identified where they were were located and they went and surrounded the area and they had snipers watching the windows and they had SWAT outside the front door, right? And I mean, really tense situation. And the guys inside were not reciprocating. They were uh, not cooperative, to say the least, right? And so Chris Voss goes in as the negotiator and he knocks on the door and he starts talking to them through the door. Um, And he just asks them how they're doing. Ask them about what's going on. in in there. Are you okay? Uh, What do you need? Right. And he starts to mirror them and mirroring is one of the tactics he talks about where they would respond and, and he would say what they, they had just said and in an effort to get them to elaborate further and to understand them better. And it was so beautiful because he came to find out that they were afraid. They weren't afraid of going to jail. They were afraid of walking out and getting attacked and it being a dangerous situation. Um, and he could empathize with that. He can empathize with not wanting to battle the SWAT, you know, the armed uh, people across the door. And so he was able to tell them like, oh my gosh, I, that's not the case. We do not want that. And, and that's a mutual desire. Neither of us want to engage in that. So let's work something out. And they ended up leaving peacefully and it all worked out. Um, but uh, again, it's, he's talking with someone who's threatening who's heated. And of course, when he first engaged in the negotiation, they were very aggressive. Um, And he had to realize that there are things he doesn't understand and he needs to dig further. He needs to give them the opportunity to speak. And he ended up learning, oh my gosh, you're just people who are afraid and I can help you and you can help me. And this is going to be a win-win. So really, um, Really beautiful story. And again, if you haven't read the book, I I encourage it. It was one of my favorite books that we've read in the book club. Because again, all about empathy and listening and goes right along with what you were just sharing, uh, Kiara. Yeah, that's that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And listening to like understand the full picture, listening to get deeper to gain a greater perspective of somebody is really like the power of listening. But I'm curious, because this is something I've experienced in my own life. How do you ensure that your listening doesn't become like a a tacit endorsement of somebody's beliefs that you don't agree with? Mm. Because I found that 
in my own life a lot of the time where someone will be saying something ridiculous, you know, something harmful or or a little unstable, whatever it is. And to me, I'm like, well, I'm going to listen to see, you know, get get to the root of this. But it's hard for me to balance that trying the desire to empathize with the refusal to just passively agree. Yeah, that's, that's tough. Um, first thoughts, I think, obviously, you want to listen to understand and give the person space to, to share their thoughts. But I think in those moments, you also have to be able to say, hey, this, I don't know if you want to say this is wrong, or what you think is incorrect. But hey, maybe look at how you're addressing this, because the way you're addressing this could be harmful to other people. I think when, when, when things are harmful, when speech is harmful, I do think we need to step up and, and say something about that. And I think we can still listen. And if we can compassionately say, hey, I don't know, maybe you might want to think about how you're wording this or think about the other person when you're saying this, I think it can be constructive. Um, but that that's tough. I'd love to hear everybody else's thoughts on that. That's a tough question. That, that's a tough one. Um, I think of going back to Chris Voss, man, he is really really wise um he talks about how when you listen quietly um and you don't fill those empty spaces that we talked about before um a lot of the times when people feel listened to they're much more conscious of what they're saying right um and that can actually be really productive giving them active listening or an opportunity to feel heard because then they start wondering oh my gosh, maybe what I'm saying is crazy. Uh, am I making sense here? Am I making a fool of myself? Um, and it's kind of like a productive, uh, self-conscious moment <laughs> for, for these people. So about the endorsement, I'm not sure. But but with uh, you know Chris Voss, at least, I, I like that principle of if you want people to really understand what they're saying, make sure they're hearing what they're saying. And listen and tell them you're listening because they're going to be a little more conscious of what they're saying. And they might, uh, they might simmer down a little bit. They might uh, turn down the heat <laughs> just a touch. That's good. Yeah. Going off of that, um, I, I had the thought while you were speaking that often, I, at least what I've noticed is that if I listen for long enough and just let them say their piece, they will usually nine times out of 10 ask me what my opinion is. Like they'll, they'll just say their thing and I'll just constantly just like, okay. And, and what else? And they, they just say, I, I don't have to say a thing. I, I just have to listen. And I don't, even if I don't agree with anything, I don't have to respond until they ask me, you know, what do you think? And it, it's always crazy how that turns out because they are always, willing to hear me out after they have felt heard like you were saying Robert and and so I think that is one of the powers of listening especially li listening with empathy not to respond but just to hear them because when they feel heard they are so 
much more willing to listen to you in turn. And then that's when you can have a real conversation. That's when you can have a discussion and not a debate and where walls break down and people feel like they are willing to change their mind and really reevaluate their their opinions and values about what they said. Yeah, that's good. I was thinking too, I think, was it Robert that you talked about mirroring? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe in hate, if, if hateful speech happens, that can be a good way to help someone like Kavika and Robert are saying to help someone hear what they've said, you know, mirroring back to them what they've said. Hey, I heard you say this. Is that what you meant? And that I think can help the person hear what they're saying and be like, oh, wait, no, that's not what I meant. Or yes, it is. And <laughs> go from there. I love that. That's actually such a great connection. And it it makes me realize that we also got to give people an opportunity to to change their mind. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because think about it, like how many times have we been in an engagement, a verbal engagement, (laughs) and realized that we're wrong halfway through, but the other person isn't giving us space to say, oh my gosh, maybe I was a little off here. I'm sorry. It's yeah, it's important using I think mirroring is a great introduction to that. But yeah, give them a space to to backtrack or to reconnect with what they're saying and and change their mind and and do it in a loving way and not a, an accusatory or a pointing fingers or an I told you so way. I think I, I hope it doesn't end with an I told you so because that those are never productive. But um, yeah, you got to give them room to to change and to grow. Yeah, I was listening to this event that we put on called The Path for Bridging. And in that event, there was an eighth grade teacher from Massachusetts. He said, one of the rules, one of their classroom norms is that you should allow people to share their first draft thoughts, which I really liked. Because it's like that same idea that you're talking about, Robert, that you should be allowed to say something wrong and not be judged for it forever, especially if it's your first time vocalizing it. And then somebody comes back and they have a different point. And you're like, Oh shoot. Yeah, you're right. Like I actually want to change it, but if you don't give them that opportunity and I've seen this in myself, if you realize you're wrong halfway through a conversation and no one gives you the opportunity to retract what you said, you're like, well, I got to dig down deeper into this hole now. Like this is what I believe. You like, don't get another chance. <laughs> Absolutely. Like this is who I am now, I guess. <laughs> I think it also takes a lot of humility to recognize that you're mm-hmm. wrong mm-hmm. and to acknowledge that. And and so I love how we've all kind of just assumed that, oh yeah, if if I'm wrong, I'll I want an opportunity to say it. But it, it shows that you're all very humble people to even acknowledge it in the first place that you could be wrong. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so true, yeah. I, I think like just a setting that this gets really interesting with is like a professional workplace. I think that gets really dicey because you want to you want to prove your value. You want to you want to be right. You want to be um, 
I, I, I don't know. You want to have an output that's that's meaningful. And, uh, you know, Kavika, I'm sure you have some experiences at your work. Um, seriously, like when when have you experienced this where there's there's this kind of professional uh, environment that kind of disrupts listening? A, a good example of that is my morning development meetings. Every morning we have a development meeting where our software team, we get together and we bring up any you know bugs people are running into that they need help with or features we think should be in it. Um, and sometimes people will start explaining how something works and then someone else who knows how it works says, no, that's that's not how it happens. And I, I love this environment because um, we're, we're all really close. I, and I've only worked here like a year and a half and if, they've just accepted me right in. And whenever I say something that's wrong, they are immediately like, no, Kavika, that's not how that works. <laughs> and they're, they're willing to tell me. And it's just understood in the group that if you're wrong, you're wrong. And you know we, we're all willing to accept that. But I think that kind of environment um, is only created by the people in it. And I, I it was hard at first because at first, um, I when someone told me I was wrong, I'm like, oh, I'm not doing a great job or oh, they think I'm dumb. But then when I saw one of my higher ups who had been there like 15 years and someone else was telling him he was wrong, his reaction was, oh, you're right, my bad. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait. So he could be wrong too. And it, it set the premise that, you know, we, we can all have our own, you know, understanding of this thing. And it's okay to be wrong because we are willing to accept that and change and be better um, it, in this case for the company. But I think it, it expands to a lot of other places that we can set that premise that, that it's okay. That's so good. That makes me think of, um, listening to learn, you know, and like you said, we're, we're all human beings. We're all imperfect, perfectly imperfect. <laughs> we're, we are going to be wrong. We, we are going to make mistakes. And I think it's also okay to not know things like to have a conversation. and Someone might ask you a question and you don't know the answer. And you say, you know what? I don't know. Thank you for asking. I'm going to think about this more, look into it more, whatever it is. So yeah, listening to learn, that's really good. And to grow and develop. Absolutely. Oh yeah, for sure. Listening to learn, that's that was a hard thing for me growing up because I always thought I was so smart. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you are smart. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't need this. <laughs> I'm 13, I know everything. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> One of the values of our book club is you can learn something from anything. And so we've read books about, from PhD brilliant minds about sleep. And we also read a book from a New York nightclub promoter turned charity owner. And we've read books from an FBI negotiator, right? And so um, it, it's been really helpful for me to break down any belief system I have of my own intelligence and learn from everyone. And uh, yeah, it's just such a powerful moment when you can humble yourself and recognize, you know what, I may not be the sharpest tool in the toolbox. And that's okay. I can be I can be and I can grow and, and the act of growing, and the act of learning is 
making you the sharpest in the toolbox. So anyway, sorry, Stuart. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. I definitely agree with that sentiment of you can learn anything from anyone. Like everyone's got something that they can bring to your life that will enrich it if you allow them to. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of uh, dovetails into my last question here before we go into the final round. I'm curious, like, what is our role in society when it comes to listening to opinions that we entirely disagree with and that we view might be harmful? Mm. That's, that's a great question. So we're listening. It's not just listening to opinions we disagree with, but listening to opinions we disagree with that are harmful. Yeah, or at least that we mm-hmm. believe are harmful. That we believe are harmful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I personally think my role. I would say my role in that situation would be to. Uh, stand up for myself and stand up for others, which is very hard for me to do. I don't like confrontation. And so I'm very much, I I would rather just hear what you have to say and kind of what you were saying earlier, Stuart, just, mm -hmm, you know, okay, I've allowed you to say that I'm not going to comment, or I will just say, I agree, we can agree to disagree. But I think if it's something harmful, I, I do think for me personally, I have to stand up for what I believe in and for what, and to protect the people that it's harming. Um, and that's hard. That's just really hard to do. I, I'm not even sure how you learn to do that. I mean, that's definitely courageously speaking, courageously listening to what the person has to say, and then to respond courageously in a loving way. But yeah, I, that's hard for me. That's a hard question. Yeah, I, I agree. It is hard. <laughs> uh, it's uncomfortable. It's the right question to ask because mm-hmm. we all went quiet and we're like, uh Oh, you know, <laughs> how do we deal with that? Right. <laughs> um, I, I do think it's important to recognize when it's time to be the educator and, and that can be a humble role and it, and it's not, um, if, if you've listened and you've, developed empathy and you're still actively listening it doesn't it's not one or the other they can happen uh, at the same time um but yeah you you should be an educator and you should stand up and and out of love for them help them help them understand and say hey um i'm gonna explain to you why that can be harmful to others and why that is not productive for you to to maintain and because i love you i want you to understand why you should consider other perspectives um and and do your best to lovingly educate and again it's it's rooted in an appreciation for them and respect for a human being who for one reason or another has developed a perspective that's harmful and um they they deserve the right to have an opportunity to learn and they we owe that to them to to help them um, and that's, yeah, again, that's not poor listening, because I think it, that should only come after we've really acknowledged where they're coming from and empathized with them. But um, sometimes we do have to stand into an educator role 
and it's out of love it's out of respect and honor for a human being um and for wh- whatever group may be harmed by their perspective so um yeah that's just a little thought one thought that i had was that um everyone thinks or does something based off of a need that they have whether that's a need to feel power or a need to feel loved um or a need for variety and i think that when people start saying or doing harmful things um it's out of some need and if we can courageously listen to them and not just hear what they say but hear what they're like feeling or the the subtext to what they're saying then maybe we can identify the need that they have and like like robert was saying teach them a better way to fulfill that need I think that finding the root of everything can help us identify maybe it was bad soil, maybe they weren't watered enough, and we can fulfill the need that they have, or at least point them to resources that can do that. Because often I get caught in this trap where I feel like I want to fix everyone's problems. I don't want to fix my own, of course, but everyone else's problems, <laughs> I'm I'm willing to fix, even if I don't have the right tools. But I, I've learned that that's the wrong mentality to have because I, I'm not the master healer. I, I can't fix everything, but there is someone out there that can. And so helping people identify the root or their need and then pointing them in the right direction. I think that's something we can do as courageous listeners to identify that. Can I build off that? Because I love that. Kavika, that is brilliant. That is really so is. money. And it makes me think of the show Community. Has anyone watched Community? Yes. <laughs> Love that show. Love so Community. Brilliant writing. And I think of Pierce, who's this old cranky man. And frankly, he's racist. And he says really harmful, sexist things, right? And in the show, you know, it's played for humor and we get to make fun of him or, or we get to, you know, laugh at him mostly because the study group is all obviously they don't share that opinion with him. But as the seasons go on, you meet his father and his father was a really harsh man, really mean, um, unloving and very it had Pierce's harmful opinions times 10. Right. All of a sudden we get to see where Pierce is getting this from. And the whole time. He felt he was making his father proud by adopting those same beliefs. And what a difficult, dicey situation to be in. And that I can empathize with. That I can understand. And I can I can feel sorry for Pierce. And he's a fictional character, okay? This isn't a real man. But 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 I do. I feel bad for him. I feel bad that he he missed out on the joy of love. He missed out on expressing love and and equality. Um, because of this desire that he felt to get the approval of his father. And, and it was when he gave that up and he realized he didn't need that. And he chose his friends of all different races and genders uh, and identities. And he chose them over these harmful uh, beliefs from his father that he was happier. And, and anyways, I loved it. It was beautiful. And it was, I could empathize. And it just, Kavika communicated it so well you got to identify the root what's the need what what uh yeah why why are they they feeling these things sometimes it's not what we see at surface 
or at the surface, it's not face value. So yeah, it's so, it's so good because it's really what we've been talking about this whole time, listening to understand where a person is coming from, how they've developed these beliefs, why they've developed them. And then I love this idea, Vika, of guiding them to resources that can help them understand differently. Because I don't, you know, it, it's hard. You shouldn't listen to change someone's mind. If you're listening to change someone's mind, then you're listening to respond, but we're trying to listen to understand. So yes, getting to the root of where their belief comes from and then guiding them to resources, what you have to give yourself to them, but also other resources that can help them understand differently. I, that's great. I love that. Yeah. I, I was while, while Kaviku was talking, I was like, man, I can't believe I didn't think about that before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I really appreciate everything that's been said to throw my little two cents in on the, my question is I definitely do think we have a responsibility to listen to harmful ideas, not to entertain them or to put them into action. But I do think we have the responsibility to listen to the people who have these kinds of ideas so that we can find their needs, so that we can, if the moment comes, like Kara was saying, speak up and stand up and say, okay, I listened to you. I gave you your platform, but here's what I believe. And this is where I believe you have had missteps or where you have kind of gone off of what we believe to be socially acceptable, like whatever it is. I do think we have that responsibility to courageously listen to people who we might deem as harmful. Not only because we might be able to fix it, but on the flip side, there are people who might think your beliefs are harmful. And I would hope that somebody would give me the same amount of listening and empathy and patience that I would be willing to show them. I would want that to be a reciprocal kind of relationship. And so who am I to say that they can't have that platform as long as we don't let those kinds of ideas perpetuate into harmful action? I think that's really the danger. Mm -hmm. But we're going we're gonna to transition now into round three, which is our reflecting on the conversation round. And we're, we're a little bit over time, and so we're not going to take too long with each of our answers. But I wanted to examine the very last question. There's a collection of questions here, and we can, we'll each kind of like before be given two minutes to answer one of the following. But I really wanted to focus on the last question because I'm a very big believer in talk about theory as much as you want, but if it doesn't become tangible action, it didn't really do you any good. So the last question is, is there a next step you would like to take based upon the conversation you just had? And for me, is there a next step you would like to take based upon the conversation you just had? The next step I want to take is I want to identify the people in my life that I probably haven't been giving the platform to and reach out to them and give them a chance to be listened to, to be empathized with, to at least have somebody in their corner and in their audience, even if what they're saying, I don't agree with. Because there are lots of people in my life that, especially in the digital age, you can just kind of like, literally block or figuratively block out of your mind and not give them the time of day. And I don't know if that's really productive for me or for them. 
And so I'm going to make that list and take steps to reach out to him. That's awesome. I'm going to do that too. And I would also like to seek out more opportunities to listen and to have conversations with people I disagree with because I tend to um, step away from conflict. And when going free listening, a lot of it is just allowing the person to speak and not having so much of a conversation. Um, So I would really love to seek out more opportunities to listen and have conversations with people I disagree with. I think something I want to do is reflect on things that I've said that people have uh, disagreed with. Because if we're disagreeing, there there could be something wrong that I said. And so I, I think what I want to do is make, make a list, maybe a couple bullet points of topics or things that I've said that people didn't agree with, and then maybe list out some of the things on why I believe that. And maybe I'll find, wait, why do I believe this thing I said? Um, and then maybe I'll, I'll, I can start another conversation with them and ask them why they believe what, what they believe. Um, and I think then we can form, I, I could form a greater bond with, with those people in my life. Man, all those are so good. I want to steal them. Uh, but one that comes to mind personally is there's a few people that in my family that um, have grown different perspectives. And um, Kiara mentioned how it's hard sometimes when it's family, it's really hard. And Mm -hmm. that brings out a little more emotion than maybe if I was dealing with a stranger or, or just a friend even, but I want to be in their corner. And Stuart said that, and that was beautiful. Be in their corner. And I want to go to them. And I'm talking today. Like, I want to call them after this and and be in their corner. And how I'm going to do that is by following Kavika's uh, uh, philosophy and strategy of discovering their needs. What were their, what are their needs? What um, What are their concerns? What's scaring them? What are they excited about? What are they, what, what do they hope for? Um, I am a little heartbroken that maybe I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't do that for them. And I, I didn't give them that opportunity. And I, I dread the idea that maybe they were, they felt isolated and they mm. felt, um, they feel lonely. Oh, that hurts. That hurts me to, to think that maybe, my my unwillingness to agree or, or listen led them to feeling lonely and again i just hope that i can i can synthesize everything brilliant that you guys have said and and go figure out what they need and and hopefully provide it for them and just tell them i love them and I'm grateful for them and grateful for their ability to think differently and and uh yeah that's what i'm going to do it looks like we've all got a, a lot of good action steps ahead of us i'm excited Thank you all for joining me today. Um, Before we close off, Kiara, I just wanted to ask, where can people find Urban Confessional? We have a website, urbanconfessional.org. We are also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter slash X now. Um, It's all of our social media 
handles are at Urban Confessional. So that's where you can find us. You can maybe find us on the streets in your city. You might see our volunteers out on the streets with free listening signs. We have free listening Fridays every last Friday of the month. It's just a day dedicated for people to go out and free listen. Can I also just say how amazing listeners you guys are? Like, I think we all did. I'm going to keep myself out of it, but you guys did such an amazing job listening. And we all kept like all of the conversation agreements for living room conversations. I just had a wonderful time. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you all for being here. Honestly, I know that's like, I kind of have to say that as a host, the thank you for coming, (laughs) but I really do appreciate it. I love these conversations because I love the ability to get into something fruitful. Uh, there's a quote that is probably on my Instagram bio, maybe, but it's, uh, I, I find, this is the quote, I find the most exhausting thing in life is insincerity. I think about that a lot. And so I'm grateful for you all coming to this conversation sincerely and honestly, willing, willing to listen courageously. And if the listeners, if you enjoyed this conversation, you can go to livingroomconversations.org and download this guide today. That's one of the best parts about Living Room Conversations is we don't hold anything in secret. All of our guides are are free to use. Our resources are on our website. You can download the Listening Courageously guide, and you can have this conversation with your loved ones, maybe with those loved ones like Robert was mentioning that you don't agree with, maybe with those that are are slightly outside of your comfort zone or who share political or whatever opinions that you find difficult to listen to. Those would be the people to have this conversation with. I invite you to do that, to find the people in your life who need to be listened to the most, to have this conversation with them, and to let us know how it goes, because we all become better when we all learn from each other. That's just like, it's a simple truth, but it's very, very powerful. You can follow Living Room Conversations on all the social medias at Living Room Convo, basically across the board. Our name is too long to put the whole thing. <laughs> you can follow us and you can donate to us on Patreon or go to our website to donate because everything we do is through donations. And we we appreciate all the work for the people that work with us, our team. And thank you again for being with us. You guys have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.